Hi, everybody. It's good to be here for this podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, if you cannot pronounce the ingredient on your food, then your body is unlikely to recognize it. So we want to talk a little bit about what's going to happen when you continue to consume foods that your body just simply doesn't recognize and that really were not intended for you to digest. This particular podcast is brought to you in part by O'Fallon Nutrition, O'FallonNutrition.com, as well as PurePlates, PurePlatesSTL.com. Both of these companies are companies that I've worked with over the years, and I really don't take on a sponsor. I had them as sponsors for my radio show for many years. I don't take on a sponsor unless it's a product or it's a company that I truly wholeheartedly believe in, and I just treat them as if they're a member of my family. Uh, Sean with PurePlates has done so much for us and he has such a passion for helping people to be well that I have no problem sending people his way. If you're looking for pre-prepared, healthy, organic meals, Pure Plates is your one-stop shop. We are a delivery location for Pure Plates. They also have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood, uh, right across the street from the Magic House. So if prepping your food is your reason why you cannot get things done, then you can't seem to get on a healthy diet, then you no longer have that as an excuse because Pure Plates will make it for you. O'Fallon Nutrition is located in O'Fallon, Missouri off of Highway K. And uh, we've been sending people to them for probably over 15 years. Dave uh, and his wife are just wonderful people. They're independently owned and operated. When you're looking for vitamins, minerals, essential oils, organic foods, uh, health care, uh, skin care, makeup, deodorant, kind of running the gamut. In my opinion, it's like the Whole Foods of St. Charles County. It's all in one little small, lo smaller location than Whole Foods. The staff is so friendly and so willing to help. If you're from out of the area and you cannot make the drive, they do ship, and I do believe that they ship for free if it's over $50. So if you're looking for a particular product and you wanna make sure that the standards are high and that you're not getting filler, filler ingredients that you shouldn't, you wanna look at O'Fallon Nutrition. It's o'fallonnutrition.com and they're located in O'Fallon, Missouri. So first I wanna start talking about um, just ingredients that will further disease. So over you know the the past six months or so, we've been talking about each of these items, right? So this is not like a new ingredient. And please feel free to ask questions at any point. That's not an issue at all. So um, or say whatever you'd like. Deb, shut up or whatever you want to say. Just because this is a podcast, we don't want to not you know we don't want to not you know ask questions and stuff. So. Ingredients that are furthering disease, just like we've talked about foods that are actually eliminating disease in your body and why we break certain things down like the celery juice or coconut oil or why we want to have a chia seed, like all those little things. We've built ourselves almost like a bank of foods that are so restorative for you. But I want to talk through some of these main things that sort of summarizes the main ingredients that I think will further disease in your body. First one being artificial sweeteners. So we've, we, we, I've, I've over the years always talked about artificial sweeteners and the ones that I would suggest avoiding. And you know, when you're thinking about, well, you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and, and add that little uh, packet of stuff or that, those little drops into my water, you know, I just can't, I can't seem to drink my water without it. So I'm just gonna add those drops or I'm going to add that packet and that seems to be the only way I can get my water in understand that when you're putting those particular uh, 
food dyes and artificial sweeteners from those drops into your water, you're putting yourself in a situation where yes, you're getting your water in, but you're not only getting your water in, you're now starting to get chemicals in. So your body is starting to feel the impact of an ingredient that it doesn't recognize. We weren't equipped and set up to take in those ingredients. So it, God didn't make us that, that way. Yes, you could say, well, but God made that ingredient, okay? So if he made aspartame, well, we don't know that. <laughs> but if that's been made, then why is it that our body can't find a formula to be able to break it down? The struggle is, is that these are man-made artificial ingredients. They're not real food, whole food. So when we keep playing and toying with the idea of pulling all of these sort of artificially made in a in a lab you know you know made in a huge factory to fill in as our ingredients we're going to have a problem if we pick something out of the garden you know like the uh, ultima uh, electrolyte substance that we use if we look at the ingredients on that it's not a food dye it's beet juice to make it that color right it's they, they've used the dried beet in there to make it that color and then they've used stevia as the sweetener so we we took something from the ground and we're using it to make that powder we didn't go into a laboratory to create the artificial sweetener to generate the food dye that would you know make it that particular color so our body's going to be much more accepting to the powdered beet that's in there to make it that color than it is of chemically laden, you know, um, artificial sweetener or food dye. So when you're thinking about artificial sweeteners, you know, I mean, we could go on all day and we have in the past, I've always talked in the past about why to have this one, not why to not have that one. I post about it on Facebook all the time. I'm always sending articles. But what I would suggest doing is just going out to Google and typing in dangers of sucralose, dangers of aspartame, dangers of erythritol, you know, dangers of um, saccharin, you know, maltodextrin, all these types of ingredients that I've talked about over the years, just type it in, type in dangers of, as well as if you would go out to maybe someone like Dr. Mercola, M-E-R-C-O-L-A.com and use him like Encyclopedia Brown, you know, use him as your Google and type in dangers of this, dangers of that. He will have articles and videos like just, you know, multiple. If you type in dangers of aspartame or dangers of sucralose on his site, you will end up with like eight to 12 really thorough articles. And it will sit you back to the point to where you'll say, I probably need to quit making exceptions for these ingredients. You know, why am I taking a, a medication because I have IBS when I just read over eight articles that told me that this will cause IBS, you know, something like that. So the artificial sweeteners are definitely something that's going to be furthering disease. Again, just because it's artificial, you know, there, it, it, there's going to be a chemical component to it and it's really going to just damage different parts. It's going to damage your body's ability to recognize if something is really, everything's gonna need to be hyper sweet for you to be satisfied. And when that sweetness starts to dull, your brain's gonna go, where's the next sweetness? You know, where's it at? And so then you're gonna start craving more, most especially with aspartame, but a lot of times with sucralose as well. 
um, and or any of them. You know what I mean? In erythritol, with you know being a, a sugar alcohol and also being corn derived. You know, when people are dealing with immune issues, they don't realize that they're actually taking in a corn product when they're taking in some of these products. And that could be damaging them. Even though that they've been avoiding corn, they don't realize that they might be getting it. Um, some of the artificial sweeteners are combined with things like maltodextrin, and that maltodextrin could even potentially be uh, a stemming from a wheat product and not realizing that it may not be as gluten-free as what they think, but of course it could also be derived from corn. And given that you would have an immune issue, that could be causing you problems this entire time. So I guess I shouldn't spend the entire hour talking about artificial sweeteners, but we could. Uh, second thing, um, ingredient furthering disease is curing. Your, your meat cures, I've talked about this many times. This is gonna be in your bacon, hot dogs, sausage, um, you know, your, your different uh, cold cuts that you're getting. They're doing what they want, feel like they need to do to cure the meat so they can put it in a package and you guys can have it, you know, for the next month. You know, if we go and buy chicken, right, and we bring it home, we got a shelf life before we make that chicken of like two or three days and then we don't really want to make the chicken. It's going to be bad, right? Well, why are we able to keep the lunch meat for like five or seven days? You know what I mean? And why can a hot dog sit in a package and you know why is the hot dog so much different or you know than the the chicken if we buy a package of chicken we would not let it sit in our refrigerator for 15 days it would be bad it would be sour it would you'd have to throw it away not to mention you would get a poison from it you know and yet we could do that potentially with a hot dog you know it, it's something they've injected in the hot dog and when you're curing those meats like bacon sausage um you're 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 getting yourself to a point to where all of those ingredients again are artificial and they're coming into your system and where is it going to land or where is it going to store could it potentially store in someone's joints could it potentially store in someone's gut you know i mean there's just so many things that can end up happening but if your body isn't recognizing it, I'm telling you long term, you are going to end up feeling the impact from having that on a regular basis. So when it comes to sweeteners, let's say we're having cured meat, right? Bacon. Okay. But then we put some uh, Splenda in our tea. Okay. And then we're having a salad dressing that has maltodextrin, dextrose, and, oh, I don't know, erythritol in it okay well i mean that meal right there is compounded of so many different ingredients that your body does not recognize and it's just going to start building up and over time there's been so many theories that that buildup of all those unrecognized ingredients ends up becoming an autoimmune disease because your body is constantly trying to figure out what is this foreign intruder and so what happens is certain antibodies go to try to kill those foreign intruders and they're literally having to do it so often because <laughs> we're taking we're being we're bombarding our body with it that eventually those antibodies get thrown off they get confused which i've talked about in the past and they end up attacking your body instead there's also some of these ingredients that come in and they mimic foods that are immune responders so you know with gluten being an immune responder 
There are several foods that are cross-reactive for gluten, meaning they have a similar amino acid profile, and when you consume it, your body doesn't quite know if it's getting gluten or if it's not getting gluten. And then it'll start attacking itself in a very similar manner as if it was having the gluten. So we really, and speaking of gluten, that would be our next ingredient that would be furthering disease. One of the strongest reasons why we wanna avoid gluten is the gliden protein that is in gluten, which has basically um, the same response on your body as if you were taking, it's an opiate response to your brain, as if you were taking you know, pain medication. If we think about if someone takes pain medication on a month, let's say for a month, the first day they go to just not take pain medication, they're not okay. They don't do well. It's not easy to take pain medication for an extended period of time because you're shutting off a section of your brain to help better deal with the pain that your body's receiving, okay? So the crazy thing is, is that gliden protein in gluten has a very similar opiate response so that when you go to stop gluten, you actually go through a physical withdrawal from not having it. It's literally impacting your brain. So why is that so concerning? Well, we're all to some extent either walking around or we have a family member. I bet there isn't a soul that we know that either they don't have it or they have a family member that's walking around dealing with anxiety, depression, attention deficit, bipolar, schizophrenia. I mean, I know that's getting a little deep, but uh, something, right? Neurologically, okay? And maybe they're not being medicated for it, right? Maybe they just kind of like lash out at their family more than they should okay maybe they get too emotional cry when they shouldn't okay or you know and it's like being blamed on hormones or it's being blamed on stress i work too much i've got too much on my plate or i drank too much coffee right or something like that uh fear you know or just a general inability to focus no matter how much you wake up how much you sleep how much you try you can't focus and by one o'clock every day at work you're just you're just fogged. You, you doesn't matter what you what you do. You're just fogged as could be. What's happening is foods like gluten are coming in and they're changing the dynamic of our brain so much. They're creating inflammation in the brain, and then we're getting to a point where we're starting to create such an imbalance in those neurotransmitter levels that if we don't get the gluten we're it's it's like we're addicted to it at this point because of that protein that's in it now the sad part is you get a person that's finally committed to getting off of it and you're ready to change them they've got a good week where they need to be in a straitjacket because it's going to make them feel like that and if you don't know that you will quit by the third day because you can't take it you'll think this diet's doing it to me i wasn't this bad you know, right? Like a week ago when I was still eating gluten, I didn't feel this bad. So I should go back. This, there's something wrong with this, right? They need to be informed. You will have withdrawal from this. This is poisoning your brain, you know, and, and that, that is of no mention to what it's doing to your body. You know, what gluten can do to your gut, how it can affect your, your uh, joints, how it can affect your skin, how it can create very consistent patterns of allergies. If you're thinking about 
dropping gluten, do not just go to gluten-free foods. Just, you know, and that's usually what um, sort of an uninformed person does, maybe even a doctor-directed person, because a lot of doctors don't know. But gluten-free foods, which I, I've kind of printed some information here, they're not necessarily better. And I know I've talked about this in the past as well, but understanding a lot of times they replace that with almost a higher carb starch. So removing the gluten was very positive. And now we don't necessarily have to have all those same impacts because we're not having the gluten. But replacing it with tapioca starch, brown rice flour, you know, um, dried cane syrup, tapioca maltodextrin, tapioca syrup, you know, yeast, modified food starch, sugar cane, this is gluten-free bread, this is Udi's gluten-free bread, amaranth flour, uh, soul germ flour, teff flour, locust bean gum, cultured brown rice, brown rice and enzymes. There's no guarantee that this is a better food for you. There's still multiple layers of sugars in there and by all means multiple layers of carbohydrates in there you know it's 24 grams of carbohydrates um it 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 you have to understand this isn't necessarily the better choice you know if you're really trying to remove gluten i would go on a mediterranean diet i would go on a paleo style mediterranean diet and that's typically what i try to um work a person through you know and so what does that mean well that means you're eating nuts seeds oils avocados as good quality fats olives things like that meats that are grass-fed or organic or wild caught uh, fish that's wild caught eggs that are organic um, free range uh, veggies that preferably whenever possible you could get organic because it just makes sense if you can and now you kind of can you can go to costco and get organic you can go to aldi and get organic so it's becoming more and more doable you know uh fruits same exact way and then if you were going to have grains maybe something like quinoa so that there's some type of protein in it that would slow down would slow down the rate at which it was converting to sugar um, oatmeal is going to convert to sugar pretty quickly. Rice is going to convert to sugar pretty quickly. You know, and there's really no guarantee that you're not going to have a gluten response from some of those because number one, they're cross-reactive foods for gluten, but they're also usually manufactured. You know what I mean? So if you have someone that's celiac, I do not recommend it. You know, I always recommend in a celiac situation or an autoimmune situation, just really nutrient dense foods that are made from something like almond flour, you know, uh, instead of the eight layers of flours that were in this, you know. Um, another ingredient list would be for soft baked Enjoy Life cookies. Those Enjoy Life uh, chocolate chip, uh, just the chocolate chips are the ones that I buy for my baked goods. It's a great brand. They're dairy-free and they're gluten-free, and they don't have any filler ingredients in them whatsoever. But for their cookies, this is just a gluten-free cookie. Uh, there's a flour blend, again, similar blend to what I suggested, brown sugar, um, you know, all the basics that you would put in a cookie, all those basic uh, sugars. This just is going to have things like oils, like safflower oil, brown rice syrup, natural flavors, xanthan gum, um, and then just some basic things, some basic ingredients like um, salt and things like that. This is a pretty clean cookie. 
but understand that when you go from gluten-free or you go from something with gluten to gluten-free that does not make it healthy it does not make that cookie healthy okay maybe a cookie from sophie's bakery would be healthy because of the nutrient density that's in those ingredients it's a totally different situation there's protein powder in it there's almond flour in it there's coconut oil in it those are whole food ingredients this is a dessert you know so my suggestion is, is if you're eliminating gluten from your diet i wouldn't even go to something like this because if you're truly dealing with the issues that come from having gluten, you very possibly could still be having a response from a lot of the cross-reactive foods that are in here. In addition to the fact that they tend to spike your blood sugar more, so you're gonna be in a situation where you're probably gonna be more insulin sensitive because you're eating all these gluten foods, you know, gluten-free foods, and they're just higher in carbs, you know what I mean? I mean, this sugar is 18 grams of carbs, or this cookie is 18 grams of carbs, but it's like the size of a quarter you know what I mean? So you're going to probably want eight of them. You know, I mean, who wouldn't, you know, to actually look like you're getting a cookie. It's, they're just, you know, that's how they are. Now I've talked about this product before, the Simple Mills um, crackers. They're almond flour crackers made from almond flour. There's nut, there's a nut and seed flour blend, almonds, uh, sunflower seeds, flax seeds, tapioca, uh, organic sunflower oil, organic rosemary, organic onion, uh, and then just things like pepper and salt. I mean, that's a really short list of ingredients. We also can pronounce everything on that list. We really know what's going into those crackers. Are you going to lose weight by eating these crackers every day? I doubt it, right? I doubt it. And what's a serving size on it? Well, 17 crackers, and that's a pretty decent serving size. That's 150 calories. Um, and then, you know, as you look down, you know, you're getting about 17 grams of carbs. For Sophie, for her lunch, I put those in there. I give her like six crackers, you know? And so when she eats her salami, she just takes a little piece of the salami. We get the uncured, no sugar added beef salami from Whole Foods, puts a little piece of it on those crackers. That's how she does it. But at no point is Sophie like, can I have 17 more? You know, like we just don't do that. That's, you know, and she's good. She's excited to get the six to eight crackers she gets. I mean, they, they eat what you teach them to eat. You know what I mean? But opening up this box of crackers and sitting and eating them, just because they're made from almond flour, you're still gonna gain weight. You know, now, do I prefer that they're made from almond flour than just rice flour or something like that? Yes, and I believe they will be slower to raise your blood sugar because of that. But remember, they're still carbohydrates, okay? So that's just an example from a gluten standpoint. If you're dealing with brain issues, I gotta, I've got to inspire you to attempt to just try to remove gluten from your diet. Take 30 days, but what I would suggest when you do that, number one, if you can, hire someone like me. It's hard to do it by yourself. I will anticipate the first seven days and how bad they're gonna be. And I'm gonna fill things in to get you through that seven days, you know, and you won't even know I'm doing it. I'm just gonna tell you to eat things, take things, drink things. And all the while, I'm hoping that's not gonna happen to you, you know, or as intensely as, we, as it might, right? So if that's not the case, if you're gonna try to do it on your own, don't go to gluten-free foods, go to whole food. Okay, so for my meal, instead of having a sandwich, I'm going to have a large salad. 
with tons of vegetables on it, avocado, good fat, and then I'm gonna put plenty of good quality meat with maybe a bowl of uh, berries on the side. I'm just not going to go near the bread, right? So take that 30 days without it. Then if we wanna pull that back in after the 30 days and just kind of see how things go, then we might be in a situation where, okay, you know what? I immediately felt a response when I had that and it's gluten-free. You know what I mean? Well, there's a lot of things that are linked to it. And I mean, I've had a client that was celiac and didn't even know they were celiac and had went and had multiple layers of testing and never even determined they were celiac until they kind of like went into her intestines. You know what I mean? But you, if you start getting all these compounding symptoms like brain fog, skin issues like psoriasis, breakouts, eczema, gut issues, very reoccurring gut issues, and it could be anything. It could be gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, IBS symptoms. Uh, it could be acid reflux, um, allergies, consistent allergies, always clearing your throat, always having to take Flonase, always having to take Claritin. You know, your, your scalp itching a lot, um, maybe your skin itching a lot means your liver is kind of having a response to those foods. Those are just sort of like somewhat common symptoms. But then like fatigue, anxiety, depression, attention deficit, that takes it to a different layer, you know? Inflammation just being higher in your body, this is gonna continue to build inflammation, okay? Um, now, another thing brain of impacting, which we've talked about and I've talked about for years, are food dyes, you know? And you just don't realize how many things food dyes are in, which is why I thought it was neat when I mentioned the, um, Ultima electrolyte packets, they could just as easily, like the Gatorade, put a food coloring in there, but they didn't. They spent more money and they put the dried beet in there to make it that color. Granted, you have to pay more money for it than you are paying for your Gatorade, but you're also getting a very high quality ingredient, okay? Not something that our body's not gonna recognize, like the food dye. Those food dyes are building up in our system and they are changing brains. They're acting almost like an excitotoxin to your children or to people in general. You know, um, with John, he deals with so many issues with um, stress and anxiety, but what controls it is his food. And you know, when I first met him and after having a heart attack, he lost hundred pounds, he still was suffering with the anxiety and the depression. And that's when I said, okay, now you've lost the weight, okay? But now you really gotta start paying attention to the details, the fine lines, you know, what's in that drink that you're drinking? What's in that salad dressing? You know, you got away with it and you lost the weight, but that doesn't mean the inside of your body that is healthy, you know? It's one thing to look at the scale and say, oh, that's cooperating. I'm, I'm doing what I need to do, I'm losing weight. That doesn't mean that your cholesterol will cooperate. Doesn't mean your brain's gonna cooperate. And in his case, his brain doesn't cooperate. If he were to have sugar and food dyes together, holy cow, watch out world. Because if you happen to cut him off or you happen to make him mad, you are gonna not, you're gonna be fearful. Like he is not okay. He just turns into rage when he's had those two together. It completely changes his brain. There are so many children that are dealing with attention deficit and they had a cereal that had sugar and food dyes before they went to school. Look at the cereal boxes. How many different food dyes are in there? How, much, how many different layers of sugar are in there, you know? Even just 
a fruit snack. You know, what, what do they do? What are they doing to make it look like a cherry? You know, is it all cherry juice? I doubt it. It's too expensive. You know, now they make them that way. We get gummy bears for Sophie like that at Whole Foods and they're not cheap. It's $4 a bag. They're this little, you know, little pouch of a bag, but we do it because there's coconut oil in it. There's stevia in it. It's just a whole food product. We know what we're giving her then. And we don't have to expect her to run around like I just gave her speed and then to collapse a half hour later. And we've seen her on those ingredients. You know, maybe we go to a birthday party and it's like, you know, she might have the pizza and she might have the cake and she might have whatever they have. And you're like, holy cow. I mean, it is a total difference. You know, she never acts bad. You know, she never mean or snaps at us or she's just hyper. I mean, she's just to where you're like, holy cow. I mean, we're out of breath watching her live, you know, and then she just tanks. I mean, just completely tanks. So there are people every day dealing with this. They're going out to lunch. They're getting a bar that has it in it. They're getting a drink that has it in it. You've got to pay attention to ingredients like that. The food dyes really can affect the brain though. Um, I just want to stress that if someone's dealing with, you know, anxiety, depression, attention deficit, aspartame, sucralose is going to impact it. The meat curing ingredients is going to impact it. Gluten is going to impact it. The food dyes are going to impact it. We, why take the medication if potentially these guys could be the, your cause, you know? So let's say your diet's been great. You did the Mediterranean diet, you know, you've done a paleo based Mediterranean diet. You're, you're feeling great, but you know what? It's your birthday and you're kind of like, I want to have this. This is my favorite thing. My mom makes it for me. I want to have this. Right. And then all of a sudden you spend the next month trying to figure out how to get back on your food because of one day, one day it happens to people all the time. And you're, you're, well, I need balance. I want to make sure I can do things in moderation. Good luck. If you can do it, I just told you the gluten has an, an opiate response on your brain. You're stronger than me because if the next day you can wake up and just straight jacket all day long and say, I'm not going to eat anything that I want, you know, good for you. But all of those ingredients I just mentioned, they are doing things to your brain to actually make it to where you can't make that decision. So when you're gonna go to your mom's, figure out how to make the cake without those ingredients. It's possible. I've created a bakery off of it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. All I did was sit in my kitchen for days and just start throwing things. I spent a lot of money, you know. Oh, that one tasted really bad. I'm gonna throw it out, you know. And a lot of the ingredients in there, because of my autoimmune, like I really don't do well with nuts. So almond flour, I, I mean, sometimes I would eat something and I would get like a cold sore within three minutes of eating it. Or my skin would start to almost set on fire and I would sit there itchy. But I was testing all this stuff because I'm like, we got to get the recipes down. <laughs> and my homeopathic doctor was like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> I just like went, I kind of went to hell for a month. You know, my whole body just like went bad, you know. And um, I remember her saying, I'm really glad you found those recipes out, Deb. Like you got it figured out. Cause I don't, I can't really eat anything like that anymore. I, you know, I eat what I told you not, you know, I don't eat nuts. I, I can't eat seeds. I'm very specific about what I can eat. Cause I know what causes an, a response. So many people are eating those things and they don't know it. But if you want to feel better, you can, it takes more time. 
it's sort of the uphill trek, right? This road, the easy road, the getting it real quick at the gas station, being able to run through the drive-through, making sure it tastes hyper sweet, that's the easy road. We all can do that, but at the end of that road, we end up with all these symptoms, and so do our kids. So we gotta, we gotta make the trek. We've got to, perf you know, we've got to say, I will be disciplined and I'll keep trying for these types of foods. And then even with those types of foods, you may have responses like me. I still have responses to nuts. There's nothing wrong with nuts, nothing at all. They're great for you. I can't eat them. So you may still have to learn that balance, you know, while you're even on the uphill, clean, trying to be as healthy as possible road. All right. A lot of trainers train macronutrient style diets where they give you a macronutrient profile and they say, for each of these meals, you should eat this many carbs, this many fats, and this many proteins. They don't talk ingredients, they just talk macros, okay? So you get yourself into a situation where you're thinking, oh, okay, I can have a little of this, it fits into my little thing. Or like the point system, you know, for a diet. Right, I can do this, it fits into my little thing. But you, you don't know what's happening inside. Yeah, you, yep. Right. Right. And so the focus is just on the scale, you know, but then when we get to a point to where it's like, but why do I have eczema and why do I have allergies all the time? And why am I having to get put on an antidepressant? I'm finally at the weight that I think I should be at. Right. You're kind of thinking, I, I had Gary on uh, Show Me St. Louis uh, last week and, and he was 500 pounds and he's down to 286. It was 14 months. And he said, I'm 57 years old and I feel healthier than I, I did when I was 35. And the reason was because when he had lost the weight when he was 35, he didn't, he never paid attention to the ingredients. It was all about the calories and how many carbs and how can I restrict here and how can I restrict there. You've got to learn your body and your hormonal balance is going to change over time. It might change because of a job. It might change because of a move. It might change because you had a child. It, it, it may change just because of the season. You know, my thyroid changes in the summer and the spring as opposed to the winter and the fall. I take, I take less in the summer and the spring. I take more in the fall and the winter. You've got to learn your body. That's what I do through nutrition. With, you know, with a five-month program with me, I'm trying to learn your body. You know, I'm, I'm understanding that, yeah, maybe you might be able to do a diet like everybody else, but along the way you might find some kickbacks and I'm gonna to try to fix those kickbacks for you, okay? Now, a couple other ingredients that are furthering disease. Corn, especially if it's not a non-GMO corn. Um, uh, soy, same thing, you know, same thing with the, with the uh, GMO. Um, and at the end of the day, you have to understand that if your body does not recognize the ingredient, you know, then it's going to build. It's gonna build in your system. Over time, how are you going to get that out? How are we going to get the chemicals that you keep consuming out of your body? What's gonna happen? What's it gonna take? What's it going to make inside your body? You know, what is it forming? So I just, I, I can't stress enough trying to avoid, you know, those items. And those items, again, were artificial sweeteners, meat curing, any cured meats. You can buy uncured, no sugar added bacon, uncured, no sugar added all beef hot dogs now. There's options now. So you don't have to make exceptions for these poisons because there's options. Food dyes, gluten, corn, soy. I mean, it's just, there's lots and lots of options, okay? Now, when we talk about anxiety, 
depression, attention deficit. I want you to understand one component to that. And there's a really good book. It's called The Mood Cure. I would always recommend reading that book, not because I would say follow the diet in the end of the book. I would say because you could understand how food impacts your neurotransmitter levels. So when you're eating, you can say, okay, if I keep consuming, you know, this type of nutrient over and over and over again, uh, I'm gonna probably end up feeling this way. And it's building my serotonin, but it's not building my dopamine. Or it's building my dopamine, but it's not building my serotonin. Hence the reason why I have to take this, this medication. Because I'm, I'm trying to rebuild this. Meanwhile, my food over here is actually, is actually destroying it. Okay, now, one struggle is that the majority of the doctors that you will meet with, not all of them, but the majority of them won't even, they won't even touch your food. They won't even ask you what you're eating. So you're not gonna usually get the answer there. Now I know a few doctors that are into it and they believe in it and they're strong with it, but they are few and far between. I mean, they really are. So we can't expect our doctor to provide that information. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to discredit the medical community. I'm trying to say we can't put that on them. It is not what they're educated in. So you want to find someone that is educated in it, as well as someone who just has experience in working with folks. Yes, I might be educated, but I will be honest with you. What has really made me good at what I do is that I've done it for 15 years. I've worked with people day in and day out. You, you can see me in the gym. I walk in and out of my office, in and out of my office, taking a new person in there, either every half hour or every hour, right? Well, how, I'm building a book of knowledge from every person and their, how they've responded to food. So now I've, I have my own science experiment, just based off of what everyone, you know, what's happened with everyone. Understanding that the majority of your serotonin is in your gut. So if you have gut issues, you have to look at those gut issues as if they need to become your number one priority in life to improve because they are going to impact so much in your body, most especially your brain, most especially your brain. So if you're not on probiotics, get on good probiotics. If you need to take enzymes to better break down your food, take enzymes to better break down your food. But the key is what are you eating and what is that food doing to your stomach? right? So if we keep eating gluten, corn, soy, artificial sweeteners, meat cured, you know, cured meat, food dyes, well, our stomach, I don't care how many probiotics you take, it's not going to work it out for you. It just won't. And then before we know it, that gut just becomes a mess. We have a whole host of allergies and we just need to get that stomach fixed. And part of getting that stomach fixed, of course, is going to be taking supplements. But most importantly, it's going to be eliminating those bad foods and bringing the good foods that help to work to improve your gut. Okay. So when we're really thinking about trying to improve anxiety, depression, attention deficit, bipolar, schizophrenia, get these ingredients out of your life. Get them out. That's the number one thing I can tell you. Number two, Get your gut as healthy as humanly possible. Try your hardest, do whatever you can. Great book, Grain Brain, Dr. Perlmutter. He has great options. 
Wheat Belly is a great book. These are all, you know, very related to just the grains, but even a book like The Mood Cure, like I told you, it really teaches you how, you know, your body is being impacted. When you're reading podcasts, start to look at podcasts that are about your digestive tract, how to improve digestion. Start listening to stuff like that. It'll open you up to think, okay, uh, you're right. Maybe I should stop doing this. Um, people like Dr. Axe, A-X-E, he's really good. Dr. Perlmutter, you know, looking him up for um, podcasts. Dr. Axe, Dr. Perlmutter, they're just really good at talking about, um, you know, the gut, you know, and just uh, Mark Hyman. Mark Hyman is excellent. He, he just has such good information, I truly believe. These are functional medicine doctors for the most part. You know, they, they take a different approach to medicine. What they're doing is they're trying to find where did it start? Why did it start? And then let's try to eliminate that instead of let's just start, you know, treating the symptoms. Okay, so reminder, there are multiple ways that your body's going to tell you something. And it might first tell you with a sensitivity, then it might tell you with an allergy, and then it might tell you with an autoimmune condition, with an immune attack, okay? So I can remember the times where sensitivities were trying to tell me something, okay? I can remember, and I, I can't say everyone's gonna go through this experience, I'm just gonna share it for what it's worth, it was my experience, but I can remember 15, 16, 17, 18, all of high school, then starting college, I remember the sensitivities I was feeling, you know, and they were skin issues. Uh, they were stomach issues for sure. Lots of stomach issues, focus issues. Like no matter how hard I would try, I could, algebra was killing me. You know, there were just certain things. It was like, my dad would tell me over and over again, the same thing. It was just floating away, going off into a land, which apparently, God knew I didn't need algebra. I don't know, but I was not getting it. And I'm thankful I passed it. You know what I mean? It, it just was like, good luck, Debbie. Don't get yourself in a situation where you need that ever again. But I could see them. I, I saw the sensitivities building. Now I can look back. Then, um, you know, in my early 20s, when I first got married, it was fatigue. It was crushing fatigue. Who should be that tired at 20, 21? 22 years old, you know, and you're like, well, you just got married and you have a full-time job and now you're trying to take care of your, your house and try and take care of your husband and you want him, you know, to have everything he needs. I'm telling you, it was crushing fatigue. And, and again, I kept getting these warning signs of symptoms. Well, then I thought, okay, I have an allergy because when I go outside, I can't breathe. When I go, you know, when I go back in my backyard next to the evergreen, I, I, I start, my, I, my nose starts running. You know, I start hyperventilating. So I went to the doctor, tested positive for several things. I, it became recognized that I had specific allergies. So that's one way of identifying that you have a problem, but you can't ignore the sensitivities. We don't have a method in modern medicine to treat the sensitivities and to, to do something about them. We, we have to wait until the sensitivity turned into something, an allergy, an immune response, before we can actually do something to treat it. But what we wanna do and what functional medicine does is it goes in and like how I try to work nutrition with folks is it goes over here and it says, 
before all those sensitivities happened, let's go back there. Let's start eating brass tacks, basic, all right? And let's see if we can't decrease those sensitivities by 50%. And if we can decrease them by 50%, we might actually be in a position where we may be able to eliminate them with the right supplements, the right treatment. You know, maybe you need some lymphatic massage. Maybe you need, I don't know. You know, there's different, different theories or different ways. Maybe you need stem cell treatments or glutathione injections, you know, things like that hormone replacement therapy, but maybe all that coupled together takes those sensitivities and it turns it into, you know, now that I think about it, I don't really have any of that anymore. Or the only thing I really deal with is when I go around that tree. And so I just know, don't go around that tree. I don't have to take an inhaler for it anymore, but it's like, don't plant them and don't go around them and hire someone to remove it because the sap just doesn't work. You just learn it but we're struggling with all these sensitivities. We're going into the doctor, we're getting put on an antihistamine, an anti-inflammatory or an antacid, and we're not getting to the root of it, and that's turning into an allergy. And then it's becoming, boom, now I'm not sensitive to it anymore. I'm allergic to it, okay? And then over time, your immune system, like I said, it can just only, it can only defend you so much. And then all of a sudden those antibodies just get kind of confused and then they end up attacking you. And I really feel like that was my path. That's what happened. You know, I, I, I have told this to many people before, but when I first was like going to college and working, I had moved to Kansas City. My grandfather had bone cancer, so I moved up there to take care of him. Well, he passed away within two months of living there. So I moved, changed my whole life, changed my job, everything. He was gone. So I'm just living in Kansas City by myself, which was a nice area, but I knew no one. I had like no money, you know, none at all. You know, I mean, all my money was paying my rent, you know, to live in this area because it was so nice. I ate hot dogs and oatmeal quite literally for every meal, every day. It was just cheap. Unless my parents came up and bought me a bunch of food, that's all I ate honest to goodness. I didn't eat fruit. I couldn't afford fruit. I didn't eat vegetables. I, I just didn't, I didn't have it. Maybe a couple cans, vegetables here and there. And I just, that was such a defining time for my body. My body got so sick after that. Well, that was when I ended up, you know, maybe six months, a year later, getting engaged, went, got married. And then maybe six months after that started to kind of get on some better foods, but I passed out in my driveway and that's when it all started. That's when I got so sick. I woke up in an ambulance, kept, I mean, I spent two years. Yeah. Two years of trying to figure out what was wrong with me, you know, couldn't find a doctor. Then finally Dr. Wesleyan uh, and Dr. Anna Bone coupled together. And they were the ones that determined that I have Hashimoto's. And now Dr. Bly is the one that treats the Hashimoto's along with Dr. Bone. But I, I see it all. I see what I, I see what I was doing to myself. You know, I see the, all those years of just either eating a candy bar for a meal or a Big Mac and fries for a meal or not eating all day, drinking soda all day, drinking alcohol at night because it was fun going out with your friends and drinking alcohol. Didn't think anything of it. Everybody else was drinking alcohol, you know, eating candy. I mean, I just, I didn't even think about eating candy. You know, I, I see it. I see the path. Now I'm trying to heal it. And the reason I'm so passionate towards children and the way children need, and Mark Hyman had a post on this and it basically said, adult cancers stem from childhood diets, you know? And, and man, it's just like, 
okay, maybe that's true, maybe that's not true, but it's, it's true enough to scare me enough to say, I'm gonna pay attention to what I feed my children, you know, and, and I'm gonna make sure that if I can, I'm gonna make the right, I'm gonna make the best choice I can humanly possibly make to make them as well as possible. Knowing that when we go to that birthday party, if I let them go ahead and have all the things I mentioned, we might be dealing with some stuff, you know, for, for, a, couple we for a couple weeks, right? Sophie sometimes, you know, she'll completely, her eczema will just like disappear. Oh, hi, John. Oh. Her, <laughs> um, her eczema will just kind of vanish and you'll think, oh, wow, it's doing really good. Honest to goodness, she could have something. And, and by that night, she'll be in a situation so where, <laughs> she'll be in a situation where it'll come, it'll be coming, it'll come on her toes, it'll come on the back of her legs, it'll come on the back of her back. And you know, she's just, just inflamed, you know? So it can be that quick. You could be that young, you know? And I think for me growing up, I thought, well, I'm young. You know, I mean, if you're, when's the time you're gonna be able to eat? If you're not gonna be able to eat and drink this stuff at any time of your life, and you get older, you can't, right? So I should be able to do it now. Well, that didn't do me many favors for as I, as I got older, right? So just understanding that there's the difference between sensitivity, allergy, and autoimmune, but you cannot ignore the, the sensitivities. You've got to pay attention to them. And in my opinion, I feel like that's the most important thing right now is that people start caring about the sensitivities because I think it's the sensitivities that get built that end up producing disease you know, over time. So if you can control those sensitivities by changing your food, and that's a lot of what we do with the nutrition, we can get to a point where maybe where it doesn't turn into this all out, blown out allergy and you're on all these medications, taking all these shots, doing all these things that are negatively impacting your health as well. You know, um, there really isn't a great modern medicine approach to it though. So dealing with sensitive, you know, sensitivities, you're gonna wanna take a food approach first and maybe working with someone like myself or you're going to want to seek out a functional medicine doctor in my opinion, that's the best. So again, I wanna repeat the fact that um, when you're thinking about consuming you know, a gluten-free diet, don't jump into gluten-free foods. Consider an approach like a Mediterranean-style diet and a paleo-based Mediterranean-style diet. You know, and just understand that you know, this is not an easy process. You're gonna go through a process through elimination that when you eliminate sugar, your brain is gonna change and you're going to desire after that sugar. When you eliminate gluten, as I explained before, you're going to have an opiate response and you're going to desire after it. If you think about your blood sugar as your means for sustainability and your means for control of cravings, you'll look at what you take in differently. So whenever I meet someone, I always tell them, your blood sugar is kind of like this, spikes up, spikes down, spikes up, spikes down. Kind of looks like an, excuse me, an EKG. Have you ever seen an EKG where it's like, you're just like this, zigzags, right? So that's kind of like what I feel like your blood sugar does, or at least someone when I first meet them, okay? So there's peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. So what I'm trying to do, as I've explained before, is take those valleys out and take those peaks out and just get you to that neutralized state. We have to pay attention to what we're taking in when we do that. So in the beginning, that's why I don't have things like honey. I don't have things like balsamic vinegar. That could ignite. You're not having any sugar. 
It could cause you to think, oh, she finally gave me sugar. That's why I don't have sucralose. I don't have aspartame, erythritol, because it just prompts the body to think that it's having that sugar and then it has that response. And when we're trying to get that blood sugar nice and calm and nice and steady, something like that could spike it right out. And the next thing you know, an hour later, you're craving and you're hungry when we had finally got you to a point to where you were sustained. So you wanna look at fat as sort of your primary resource for being able to stay sustained and being able to control that blood sugar. Your brain is gonna thank you for the fat. Your joints are gonna thank you for the fat. There's so many positives in having that good quality fat. If you're looking at a meal and you're only looking at how many carbs it has and you're only looking at how many sugars it has, you can't necessarily figure out if you're going to end up feeling good or feeling balanced from that because the reality is, is that those carbs might not be all that bad, but when we look at what those carbs are comprised by, they might be foods that really convert to sugar quickly, okay? So even though it's not a super high carb, you know, uh, food that you're having, it could be something that quickly converts. Okay, so we may look at, uh, let's say, uh, a potato, a white potato. We're gonna say, well, I'm only gonna have this much of the potato. So that's only gonna be equal to this many carbs. But white potato is gonna convert to sugar as quickly as white sugar to your body. So you're gonna end up having a blood sugar impact from that that ultimately could go down the list of creating inflammation. You know what I'm saying? So then before we know it, just from having just something that you felt felt, you know, fit into the, that macronutrient profile, it you still end up it still ends up ruining the ruining the dynamic of you actually feeling satisfied throughout the day. Does it make sense to look at that low glycemic index? That to, to some extent, yes, that does help. It does help. But Absolutely. Yeah. And low fructose fruits and trying to see which fruits are lowest in fructose. So, you know, yeah, yeah. But like figs and dates, when you're, when you're eating a bar that's full of figs and dates, sure. If that's a whole food option and it is by all means better than a Snickers. So when you consider the life, you know, of like I told you when I was 17, eating a Snickers at three o'clock, I would have been far better off eating a protein bar, you know, that had the, the figs and the dates, right? That would have been way better option, especially over the hot dogs and the oatmeal I was eating. But the reality is, is that it's still very high in fructose. So if you're trying to lose weight, you really could be over consuming on fructose. And the sugar from fruit is the one sugar that your liver bears all the brunt of okay so i mean you can get a fatty liver just from over consuming on fructose every day you know so you really have to watch that and i know i've talked to you about that before but you really have to pay attention to that like you know it, it's easy to do it's easy to go ahead and have a banana with breakfast and then you know have a couple berries as your snack and then to go ahead and have an apple because it's quick and you can have that with lunch and that's what bread company gives you right and then before we know it we have a bar that has the figs and dates in the afternoon and at dinner well we're putting you know honey on you know on the barbecue right and we're just getting it all day and before we know we have 70 to 80 grams of fructose it's just too much fructose you know, and we really should be having 15 to 25 grams. Trying to lose weight, 15 to 20 grams is best, but 25 grams I think is just a good steady amount. Fruit, fructose is in other things though. Your electrolyte supplement, you gotta look and make sure they're not using that as the sugar. 
you know, uh, one of the, um, oh shoot, uh, one of the probiotics I tried to get for Sophie the other day, it was sweetened with fructose. And she has a, an issue with building bacteria in her belly, and I don't really want to add something with fructose. You might say, well, come on, Deb, that amount, it's got to be so small. I don't want to make any exceptions. You know what I mean? If I can get something without it, why wouldn't I get the one without it? What would be the point, you know? So really making sure that you're eating a balanced diet is the key. You know, I, I, wouldn't, I cannot stress how important it is to not just have a serving of fruit and run out the door. Have a serving of fruit with a handful of nuts so the, the, the fat in that meal starts to slow down the absorption, you know, of the sugar in the fruit. Doesn't make the fruit bad. It just means it's not something I would suggest having all by itself. Um, you know, if you're going to have a rice cake, you know, some people will have just a rice cake, you know, and they might put like strawberry jelly on the rice cake. It's just carbohydrates. It's just very high starch carbohydrates. In an hour, you're going to be flat in the brain. You know, if you were going to eat a rice cake, which I don't necessarily recommend, you'd want to put almond butter on it, cashew butter on it, right? And then you'd want to probably drink a scoop of collagen in your coffee with it, okay? So good quality protein, good quality fat, maybe that would be enough to slow down the absorption of that rice cake, which is going to be like sugar to the system. It really is. And there are a lot of people that would respond pretty negatively to that. So... Those are good questions. You guys have other questions like that, though? So when you say, like, these ingredients can cause swelling, is that, like, internal swelling, or is that, like... It, well, they, it can cause swelling, um, like, my hands feel swollen, my, my cheeks, yeah, your feet feel swollen, lymphedemia, absolutely. There are folks that I meet with, you know, and I, it's not like I advertise myself as, come on in, I'm going to heal you. You know, I don't, you know, I can't, I'm not a doctor. And doctors can't, you know, we, they can't even say I'm going to heal you. They're just going to make suggestions. I'm just going to try to eliminate foods that could lead to that. And what happens is, is if it's triggering a sensitivity in your body, then it's triggering a histamine response or it's in triggering an inflammatory response, that's going to create like systemic inflammation. But that histamatic response is really what triggers your lymphatic system to kind of like slug, you know? And it just, everything sort of slows down, you know? And, and then before we know it, if we keep bringing toxins in, it stays real sluggish. And then before we know it, our ankles are swollen, our, our, our hands are swollen, our face is swollen, our stomach's all swollen, you know, and there are things we could do. We could dry brush, we can stretch, we can foam roll, we can have someone do lymphatic massage, we could do Epsom salt baths. All of those things are going to work at helping the lymphedemia. But most of the people that come in to see me, they've done the lymphatic massage, they've, they've done the dry brushing, they, they've done it, they've done the Epsom salt baths, but they haven't changed their food. So they haven't eliminated the reason why their body's having that histamine response or the reason why they keep building that inflammation inside. So again, it's kind of like that functional medicine component where that, that functional medicine doctor goes, where did it all begin? Like, let's get back to that. And so I try to like go, forget about everything you've been doing. Forget about everything you've ever heard divorce the idea that all the magazine articles and all of this and all of that and just own the next five months with me and just try to do exactly what we agree together to do 
and let's create a formula for you and we write your own and we design your own program. You know what I mean? It's not, it can't be. I just don't think anyone can. And again, like you said, you did Weight Watchers, you lost a lot of weight. You know, and, and I loved it because I was eating all the bad stuff. It, I was weight. Who wouldn't love that? Exactly. I mean, that's great. That's great. And so I'm glad that it works to help people to lose the weight. But it's like you need the next door place. You know what I mean? You need the Weight Watchers and the next door, you need the people that are going to say, well, we, you got the weight off, but now we have to start caring about what was inside the food that you were consuming. Because now we want to get you off the anti-inflammatory. Now we want to get you off the antacid. Now we want to get you off an antihistamine. You know, now we want to make sure you don't have eczema anymore. So it's awesome that they help them lose the weight. I just they wish... Right? Right? And you're eating the food dyes, and you're eating the bad sugars and the syrups, and okay, well, you lost the weight, but are you even feeling okay? And the focus needs to be on feeling great, and that's how we've always approached nutrition. You know, I love helping people look great. I really do, but it's never been, you know, I've always stayed humble because if they don't feel great and they can't stick with it for a lifetime, I did nothing for them in five months. You know, if one of my clients gains the weight back, I feel terrible. I feel like I failed. I didn't get it through to them enough. You know what I mean? But I have clients that have worked with me for 10 years on nutrition. They're, they've legitimately done it for that long. You know what I mean? So you just have to, you have to realize there's no one size fits all. It's the same way with exercise. You know, I, I always loved a place like Curves because... You know, even though people would make fun of something like that, I thought it was great because if someone didn't feel comfortable going into a gym, they might feel comfortable going into a curves. And it got them started on something. It got them, it kept them from sitting on the couch every day. You know what I mean? Just that change can increase mobility. It can decrease inflammation. There's so many reasons why a place like that's beneficial. However, you do get to a point where you stall and then sometimes the person stops losing the weight and then they say well I'm not going to do this anymore it's not working right same way with a diet you know and then they stop and then that's so hard on your cholesterol to go from active 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 to unactive you know what I mean it's just hard on your body to do that so I think there is a start for everyone and there's a progression to all of those items you know which is kind of how we try to train someone by starting with an assessment. First, let's figure out where your weakness is. Then we'll grow from there. You know, we gradually grow it. But if you're, you know, yeah, if you're just chasing after the scale, you will end up coming empty. So it's it, that's good points for sure. So I'll finish with some discipline talk. And the discipline talk I'll talk will be from Jocko Willing's book, Discipline Equals Freedom. And the, the one I'm going to talk about is negative talk from negative people. So I feel like this hit home for me, um, but I feel like this hit home, hits home for everybody. So I just, I just felt like you know sharing this one just and seeing how we can link it to the stress and how that stress ends up ultimately causing us to eat more than what we should and just over-consuming or maybe drinking and doing things that we shouldn't. The old classic, what do you do about the negative person talking behind your back and trying to bring you down? Sure, you can confront them and join them in their little game. 
You can give them the satisfaction of knowing that they have gotten in your head. You can turn your life into a grade school gossip hall. Of course, there are times, unfortunately, that you have to engage with people like this. You may have to set the record straight on a serious allegation. You may have to challenge statements that might be damaging to the team or the mission. And when you do have to engage, do it professionally. Say something like, I heard you had some pointers for me about how I'm doing my job. I'd love to get your feedback so I can tighten up my game. That's a good one. A statement like that will likely diffuse the scenario. The person will know that there are no informants who will tell you what is going on. And that will likely stifle the situation. But let me tell you what my preferred methodology is for this situation. It is simple. Ignore and outperform. Just love this. You know, it's so true. Yes, while you're over there watching me, talking about me, I'm working. I'm working hard. I'm taking things to the next level. You keep gossiping, I'll keep working. You keep talking smack, I'll keep working. You keep chattering about things, I'll keep working. You keep focusing on what everyone else is doing. Doing wrong, and I'll keep focusing on what I can do right. And when you finally look around at where you are and where I am, you will realize that you have nothing to talk smack about. Because you will lose and I will win. And this applies to when people are playing office politics or forming their cliques or working their personal agendas. Of course, sometimes you have to play those games too. But when dealing with people like this, let your first course of action and the fundamental core of how you handle it be very clear and very direct. Outwork and outperform every last one of them. So when I start working with someone on a five-month nutrition program, a lot of times what happens is they get super excited. They're starting to feel good. Everything's going great. Three weeks into it, everybody at work's trying to talk them into why they should start eating bad again. You know, one of their family members is just giving them trouble. I'm tired of eating this food. I don't want to be on this diet with you. I don't want to lose weight. You know, you, you, know, you need to create something different. I could go on forever about the things that come up when someone first starts a plan. You know, and then you might walk into the break room and realize that everybody gets quiet every now and again when you come in because you're the one that, that warms up the smelly fish and the smelly broccoli, right? And then you have to kind of like walk out like, is this really worth it? Like, you know, why are they so rude? Why don't they support what I'm trying to do? You have to do it whether you have support or not, you know? And I will find, I found that these situations that he mentioned are some of the number one reasons why people cheat on their food. Because that happened at lunch, and at 2 o'clock you're so hurt by it that you go and get a candy bar. Right? Or your family members say enough that at the party you end up having pie. Right? You just end up having it. Because you're like, well, I'm so sick of them doing this. Right? And you just, you have the pie. Or, you know, someone does say some bad stuff about you. It has nothing to do with how you diet. It's just they're, they're doing you wrong. Right? And you're being done wrong. And you go home, and your way of dealing with being done wrong is eating. You know, that's your comfort to the situation. Right? That's your comfort, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, that or alcohol or whatever, you know. But to me, sugar is, is, sugar is seriously one of people's number one drug. You know what I mean? They choose it over alcohol. But what he says is outwork and outperform. So you got to have a higher purpose in why you're doing what you're doing no matter what you're doing, right? So you got to serve something bigger than yourself. When someone comes in here and they're so focused on how they look, 
I want to be skinnier. I want to be bigger. I want to be on a stage. I want to do a show. And all they're doing every time is looking at how they look and checking themselves out and flexing. And it's all about them. I do nothing but try to humble them because none of that's going to get them anywhere, anywhere in life. None of it. The best athletes I've ever worked with are the ones that do not take selfies of themselves. They do not post pictures of themselves flexing. They do not get on and do Facebook posts about how incredibly healthy they are and about how they get to do this or how they get to do that. They just simply grind and do the work. And they live it out as an inspiration, and people watch them live it out. You know, I'll use Misty as an example. You you will have never seen her post a picture of herself in a swimsuit you know, like, look at me today, you know, look at me today, whatever. If that's what you do and that's your thing, then great. But the reality is, is you're setting yourself up when you're doing things like that for people to criticize you. You're opening the door to criticism. And if that criticism is leading you down the path of all these damaging activities, that's one example. But try to think to yourself in your life, how do you set yourself up that way? How are you doing things? Who are you communicating with? What ways are you communicating with them? How are you allowing them to treat you? Are you setting yourself up for the disappointment? You know, are you allowing them to mistreat you on these levels to where three hours later, three days later, you've set yourself up to be that disappointed that you're going to end up having that food? Eliminate that the best you can from your life. We can't always eliminate our boss from our life, unfortunately, right? But maybe we could eliminate the way they communicate, you know? Maybe don't afford them the opportunity to text message you. Maybe they have to communicate with you during the eight to five hours. Change your phone number if you have to. You know, I mean, maybe you don't offer them the option to do certain things to make you have to eat through your lunch and talk with them. Maybe you design a a life to where you go out on your lunch break every day and you leave the facility. The example that I'm trying to give is, I like to take his words and, and, and couple it to why people are overeating and why people are, are not staying disciplined on their food. Comparison is the thief, in my opinion, of joy. And we live in a comparison society with all of these ways of, of communicating through social media. So we're going to get to a place where we're going to say, you know, how much do I need to edit this picture before I can even post it, Right because I don't look like everybody else. When really what we should say, God gave me breath today and praise the Lord for it. And if I wanna post a picture of me and my family, I'm gonna post it because I thank God for it. Now, if you wanna motivate people with what you do and how you do it, that's one thing. But if, if it becomes about how you feed yourself and how you fulfill yourself, that's where I try to teach humility because you just won't ever be satisfied in that arena. And when you're not getting the attention and where you're not getting the focus on you, you're going to go south and you're gonna end up looking for alcohol or you're gonna end up looking for the drug, sugar usually of choice, and you're gonna end up in foods that you really shouldn't end up in. Best thing you can do when you're in a negative situation, outwork and outperform. I love what Jocko Willink said there. I have had so many people talk bad about me over the years, publicly, nationally. I've talked about it before. 
I can't even count anymore how many people have said hateful things to me. They've posted pictures of me and my kid. They've done bad, bad things. Every time, every time it happens, I don't respond. I don't respond. I don't get involved. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I just keep working at what I know God's called me to do. And I in the fact that I am not willing to attach myself to it and I stay detached keeps me from going and eating chocolate cake because of it. Because I haven't even allowed myself to own it even happening to me anymore. It's over with. It's just over with. So food is necessary as fuel for our body, but it is not our coping mechanism. So we've got to find alternative ways to cope and I like his advice of out, you know, outwork them, just outperform them, you know, and just keep working hard at it. And maybe that that work that you're doing is just cooking clean, eating clean, you know, doing. Maybe that's maybe that's your work, you know. Maybe that's what you have to do, you know. And and, and maybe it isn't something like me where I have to say where I have to just ignore things that people are saying. Maybe you have to just, if your family's saying, I'm tired of this diet, I'm tired of this, you just have to keep living it. You keep living it. If they don't want it, oh well, no big deal. You can be healthy without them. Hopefully, you live it out enough in front of them, and they're ultimately going to end up wanting what you have. Now, that would be the hope. You know, Show them a balanced brain. Show them that you don't have allergies anymore. Show them that you don't have stomach aches anymore. That's, that's what you want them to see. You know, that's what you want them to chase after. Not how you look. You know, not, not how whatever. You know what I mean? You want to focus on how great you're feeling. And live it whether they're supporting it or not. At work, at home, no matter where you go. Does that help? Is that good? That was, that was good. Yeah. For more information on a free personal fitness assessment with Integrity Training Systems, you can give us a call at 636-299-2208 or to try to inquire about a a five-month nutrition program with myself, you can take a look at us at integritytraininggroup.com.